Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. Hi, my name is Johan martinez Kalilian, and today's bonus episode is a TED Talk I gave in 2011 that still holds true to this day about realizing and working towards your potential. What are the voices that matter? The voices that push you into the future. See, I had this dream of being a basketball player and I knew I could do it, but one day that dream was crushed because instead of being built up, I was told I would never make it. And you know what? I believed it. Luckily, my life made an amazing turn, and now I'm in the driver's seat, inspiring and uplifting others to be beyond what they think they're capable of. This talk is my TEDx Youth Talk in Monterey. May it inspire you to enjoy. You guys ever hear voices? Yeah, so, so it's not just me. I remember uh, hearing voices at an early age, and... Um, one of the first distinct voices in my life was the, the voice of my uh, middle school principal. Her name was Sister Betty Smigla. And she was a, a five foot six, like stocky Polish American woman. Uh, she was built like a linebacker. She was like the, uh, the Brian Erlacher of nuns, you know. And uh, she would, I remember she had this like blonde afro. Yeah, kind of like, I swear it would glow in the dark. Um, and uh, she had this really distinct voice. She was really intimidating, you know? She would walk through the hallways and kind of look at us and be like, what are you doing? And, and, and we would kind of, even if we weren't doing anything, we'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, you know? Just like apologize. And at times she would just like bump into us and we would fall to the floor, you know, as little kids. And she was just an intimidating woman. We were all afraid of her. And I remember one day she gave us this announcement. We were in eighth grade, you know, beautiful spring day in eighth grade. And her voice booms over the speaker system like Darth Vader, you know? And she's like, uh, I want to have a um, meeting with the eighth graders. So we all hear this and we're like, all right, I wonder what's going to happen. You know, like, what, what is she going to do? What is she going to say to us? Is it going to be like a pep talk before we go into high school? Maybe she's going to give us a gift. Maybe she's going to reveal her true identity as the Sith Lord. You know, like, we're not, we're not, we're not truly aware of what's going to happen. So we're just, we kind of have our theories and we're waiting, we're anticipating the end of the day so we can hear from Sister Betty. And, and she walks into our, our classroom, you know, it's dun, 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 like this is the music is there. And she walks in and she kind of stares at us. And she takes this deep breath and she starts to talk about our neighborhood. And I'm from the inner city of Chicago. I'm from an area that's not the greatest place in the world. And, and she starts to break down where we're from. Now, here, just to give you guys a little bit of a, a picture of where I'm from. You guys ever been to Disneyland or Disney World? Yeah, so where I'm from is like the complete opposite of Disneyland and Disney World. You know, so it's like Mickey Mouse is a drug dealer where I'm from. You know, he walks around like, huh, you want some crack? You know, like that's, you know, Minnie Mouse got like 14 kids from everybody in the Magic Kingdom, you know. You know, Goofy's always high. That's what I call him, Goofy, you know. And so that's the area that I'm from. And and she starts to break down this area. You know, you guys are aware of, of the drugs and the gangs and the teen pregnancy and all these other problems. And as she breaks this down, she connects the dots for us. And she says, that's where many of you will be. She says, most of you 
will probably be in jail before the age of 18. She said, there are a number of you young ladies that will get pregnant and drop out of high school. Some of you guys will join a gang. Some of you will probably not make it to age 18. And here we are, you know, we're, we're these little kids and we're sitting in this classroom and I'm like, where's the encouraging part? You know, like, <laughs> I was waiting for the end of the story. I was waiting for the moment where she would say, but this doesn't have to be your story. You can be different. And it never came. She had an opportunity to pick up a, a paintbrush and paint a picture of our future. Instead, she, she painted this picture of our reality, what we all knew, what we all saw. See, we were, we were ghetto kids, you know? And we knew what was around us. We didn't have to have somebody who was a grown-up tell us, you guys are from the ghetto, and so you're probably going to stay ghetto. What we needed was a visionary. What we needed was somebody who was going to pick up that paintbrush and repaint the picture so we could see a different world. And I wish, you know, I wish the voices stopped in eighth grade. But when I went into high school, the voices continued. And I love basketball. We got any athletes in here? You know, I, I grew up, you know, in Chicago. I was, I was 10 years old when I picked up the basketball for the first time. And it's something that I fell in love with immediately. Now, here's the thing. Like, I grew up in Chicago during an era where there was a certain individual who was playing basketball there. And I don't even have to say his name. Some of you guys already know who I'm talking about, right? He was a gift from God. He was the archangel Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? And he was this, this amazing gift to the city. And we would watch him play ball, and, and it would inspire me. And I would go out, and I would, I would try to mimic his moves, you know, do the tongue thing. Like, you know, like, I, I just, I, I couldn't float like he could, you know. And I, but I tried to, to mimic his game. I tried to do all that I could. And I remember just working on my game, and I went to high school, and I started playing basketball in high school. And I got this letter one day from the University of Chicago that said, we want, we want you to come play basketball um, with us. And I was like, oh, man, this, was, this is my moment. You know, I was so excited. I was, I was like on 10 and, you know, I felt kind of like probably many girls feel like during this twilight thing going on, you know, but, but I was, I was more like, you know, I was on team Jordan, you know, so it was a little bit different for me. And so, so I get the letter and I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do next. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to my guidance counselor and I set up an appointment. And so I was so excited. I was like jumping around the whole day and uh, I walk into her room. Her name is sister Ruth. So it's another nun, you know, I walk in, I'm like, what's up, baby Ruth? You know? And so I just, I get in there and I give her the letter and I'm just kind of talking. I'm like, I can't believe I got this letter. This is like a dream for me. I don't know what to do next. And she was just like looking at me and like, I don't know what's wrong with this kid. And she puts on her Coke bottle glasses with the chain attached to it. You know, she was very stylish at that time. Right. And she starts to read. And so I shut up after a while and she just looks at me, you know, she starts to read. And as she reads, she pulls her glasses down, looks at me, pulls them back up, reads and folds the letter, puts it in the envelope, passes it back to me and says, you're never going to make it. She says, the University of Chicago is one of the best schools in the nation, and you don't have what it takes. You're pretty good at basketball, but you can't cut it here. And I got to be honest with you guys. As a 17-year-old kid who wasn't confident in his academic skills, I listened to her. I didn't go to the University of Chicago. Instead, I went to another school, Northeastern, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus my first year on academics, and then from there, I'm going to try to start you know, sports. And so I did that. My first year, I got on the honor roll. But guess what? 
after my first year of school, they dropped all athletics at the school that I was attending. And so I wasn't able to play basketball. And as I think about Sister Ruth, see, what she did was she saw me. I was an average student. I was just a regular kid. And that's what she spoke into. She just saw an ordinary, everyday student who loved basketball. But what she had this opportunity to do was not speak into reality, but she could have started speaking into possibility. She could have looked past reality and said, here's, here's what I see right now, but you can do it. You have what it takes. It will be difficult. It will be hard. But push through those obstacles. She, she had an opportunity to use her voice in a different way. And I discovered something. You know, sometimes it's easy to be that voice of reality, that voice of reason. It's, it's something way more difficult to be a voice that looks pe- beyond the boundaries of our circumstances. Because whether we know it or not, we can be a product of our dreams. Or we can be a product of our environment. We get to make that choice. The question is, see, we all hear voices. Which voices will we listen to? The voice of reason? The voice of reality? The things that we can see? touch, taste, feel, or we start to listen to the voice of hope, imagination, possibility, creativity. Those are the things that want to define us. Hey, do something with me real quick. Let's, let's use our imagination. Let's take a trip through space and time, all right? So let's travel back into the 60s. Let's imagine this was a room in Birmingham, Alabama in the 60s, right? And somebody stands up in the middle of this room and says, okay, one day there will be a black president. What do you think they'll, they'll say to that person? Oh, man, you're crazy. That's ridiculous. You're out of your mind. But yet, here we are in this reality, right? The voices would probably push that person down. See, once upon a time, there was a man who stood up in front of a nation. And he said, there's a dream that I have. There's this amazing dream that one day little boys and little girls will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. What do you think the voices said to him when he communicated this dream? Crazy. Actually, the voices put a bullet in his head. See, let's, let's travel, right, through time and space. There's two brothers walking through a field. They pick up some dirt, and they look to the skies, and they see the birds flying in the air, and they say, what if we could do that? What if human beings weren't restricted to the ground? What if we could fly? I bet you people said, man, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. But some of you guys got here because a plane brought you here. Crazy thoughts. Once upon a time, there was a guy who stood on, you know, he, he was with his girlfriend, I think. And he was looking at the moon. It was midnight. And he looked at her. He said, you know, I'm going to walk on that one day. She looked at him. She was like, you so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but he made that a reality. See, once upon a time, there was a woman who sat across from me. And she said, you won't. You'll never. You can't. And at first, I listened to that voice. But eventually, her voice became drowned out by these other voices that says, you will. You can. Push forward. Continue. Stay strong. Believe in yourself. And those were the voices that brought me here today. See, when I think about you guys, when I look at your faces, I don't see the faces of just young people. I don't see just the faces of teenagers. See, what I see when I look at you is I see future Nobel Peace Prize winners. 
I see the faces of educators who will transform the way we teach generations to come. What I see is doctors and scientists who find cures for diseases that plague us today. I see world-class Olympic athletes. I see mothers who will raise their children with dignity and strength. I see fathers who will stick around. I see faith. I see hope. I see love. I see you. See, the question is, what do you see? We all hear voices. What voices will you listen to? What life will you live? My hope is that every single one of us in here will learn how to tune out the voices that are trying to stifle us and turn up the volume on those voices that are trying to push us into the future. May we learn to stay sensitive to the voices that matter. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance. 